0: I'm Kate Daniels. To say we're living in a challenging time is really an understatement. But in truth, life always has its challenges. So to know how to deal with these and come through stronger, not crushed, is something we can learn. And thus, we have our teacher this morning, Earl Johnson. Earl is one of the founders of the Spiritual Care Division of the American Red Cross. And he is the author of Finding Comfort During Hard Times – A guide to healing after disease, violence, and other community trauma. Those words resonate, don't they? So let's meet Earl to learn more. Earl Johnson, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today.
1: My pleasure. Uh, Delighted to be with you and your listeners.
0: I am grateful for, for so many reasons. I, I look to you as a, a man of wisdom, someone who has worked with disasters for decades now, has you know just uh, really lived the path and being uh, in, in your role, your formal role, as one of the founders of the spiritual care division of the American Red Cross, and now the author of this book, Finding Comfort During Hard Times, all of that. Meshing together feels like this is just a really you are really the words of wisdom that we need, the words of calm, the words of direction and and being able to help us to to manage and and to navigate and and to have hope during this these times that we're living in
1: well, um delighted to be with you and uh also to remind you know uh. Uh, everyone that uh, you know, no one who's been exposed to disaster is unchanged by it, and uh, we have to keep in mind that this is not a normal time. Uh, that we're living in a really hard time, and it's complicated by uh, both COVID and uh, the uh, death of George Floyd, and it it just it just a tremendous. Um, complex uh experience that we're going through, and we have been traumatized and we have been uh angered and uh, uh, you know where is the hope in that well that's that is the question, and we do look to our uh sometimes our elders but but uh you know to things in the past that have helped us get through hard times, and many times it's been our faith, uh, our faith community, um, our elders, and uh, that's, that's essential.
0: And having our faith, having the experience of our elders, and actually during this time when I think more about because it feels like there are, we have two paths going on we have covid and we've been dealing with that and then uh about all, nearly 2 weeks ago the tragic death of George Floyd and how that has brought this other layer of uh maybe even Further um, fired up by everything that's gone on with COVID, so we have all of that that's really um, causing so much stress, and we have different ways of expressing it. And you know, some of us are are going to stand on on the outside of the circle, but. There are those who are are very much in the streets and protesting, and we've seen so much violence. So you, in that role of a spiritual care, how do you look at this, and what words do you bring to us, Earl?
1: Well, you know, the primary disaster needs, uh, we found our information information. And reassurance, and that is accurate information, um, not rumor. Um, and uh, reassurance, and and there's a place uh, in 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 both of those uh, examples where where we're essential uh, members of faith communities and and our leadership. And and you know, uh, a little over a week ago, we were having quarantine. Uh, fatigue and we were all isolated and and you know there are tremendous emotional and spiritual needs that come out of isolation and we were really good we sheltered in place uh, we obeyed authority um, we flattened the curve and and uh, suddenly you know you accelerate from the priestly where we're you know, in inside the uh, monastery, uh, our own homes being um, uh, monasteries, we go from the priestly to the prophetic, uh, which is out in the streets, and just this whole reaction, and it's very reactive. Of of uh, you know, there's a time um, that is not only risking our lives but saving our lives, and and. Uh, the prophetic. And and uh, you notice that there are so many young people in the streets that, you know, are risking their lives, and whether it's just COVID or, or it's just this very, very powerful social action of witness and, and not really satisfied to get the information secondhand, but they want to go see and and uh, uh as a part of doing that it's it's also more exposure to uh, to trauma and uh, um, it's the whole involvement though that gives me hope uh, that we have another generation there that that uh, um, is seeking justice and uh, um, you know to witness that murder on on uh, television traumatized all of us and it, it, it traumatized generations and and uh, we've been profoundly impacted that but um, it's it's just do we take ownership or do we take responsibility for our role in either condemning that um, or standing up and, and saying no uh, this is not This wasn't okay, and uh, 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 we must uh, remember to remind each other that we have witnessed this, all have witnessed this, and uh, uh, we have been changed.
0: And I'm glad to hear you say it in those words, Earl. Those are some of the the feelings that I've had in watching some of the— Talk shows on television, on radio, listening to them, hearing people speak differently. Um, n- not everyone, and you know, there's still those divisions, but still, there's the hope that there's more conversation, acknowledging mm-hmm. white privilege as a as a big one. Seeing that you know th- this has gone on for for centuries. And always been brushed aside. Oh, it doesn't exist, or you're imagining it. Now there's just an honest conversation.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you know I I uh, remember the the riots in the '60s, the civil rights riots, and the anti-war riots, and and just uh, uh, you know how unacceptable um, uh, the actions of uh, those who would try to uh, uh, put down and squelch dissent, Um, but, you know, there's a a tremendous uh, dynamic of hope in in our social action and in our interpretation of, of faith and Scripture and intelligence too, um, faith hand in hand with intelligence is saying, you know, knowing that we're seeing something that is profoundly wrong and and unacceptable, and uh, and and that it's not okay, um, but also recognizing it's another. Disaster. It's another form of disaster. It may be expanding the definition of disaster beyond hurricanes and and terrorist acts, but uh, um, poverty, uh, uh, disenfranchisement, uh, you know, just all these uh, dynamics coming out of. Uh, the unknown and fear of the unknown and, and fear of disease. Uh, uh, Where, you know, there have been so many who've just said this is enough and, and uh, uh, there has to be a change. And we have a role in that change, and we want to be the change uh, that we hope for uh, in, in others and, and those that would lead us.
0: Because I think we would agree that we do want a peaceful world, but a peaceful world is going to come when we all feel that we are working on the same kind of playing field. We're not all going to do the same kinds of works and activities, but we still should have equity in that, whatever that role is.
1: Uh, Yes, and and part of that equity is, you know, we can emphasize justice now, but we can't forget about mercy, and we have to show mercy to one another, and we have to be good neighbors, and that was one of the key dynamics coming out of COVID-19, is we were called to be good neighbors to one another, and it was extraordinary to... To see people, you know, do grocery shopping for their neighbors, and and just using the telephone to to check in to uh, uh, seniors or or those who were homebound, and and so um, it almost becomes uh, more of a cruel irony that we can have gone from from the the whole uh, justice uh, dynamic. Uh, with, and and forgetting the mercy to show mercy on our neighbor, uh, but with you know the background is all these cries for justice.
0: Yes, and I I think we see also then with the protests and then seeing so so much of the destruction that occurred. From that also came mercy, and I think it's it has the, the cloak of healing on it, too. People came out and started to clean up, you know, not asked to, not forced yeah. to. They just, you know, in the same way as with reaching out to help their neighbors to do grocery shopping, here they see we need to fix up and clean up our community and and understanding how to do that.
1: Absolutely, and, and, uh, parents modeling that behavior for children, for their children, uh, just, uh, uh, extraordinary examples, uh, you know, the day after, and, and, uh, you know, will there be a day after? Of course, and we will be part of the, uh, solution, and we'll be part of, uh, taking ownership in, in, uh, the damage, Uh, that has been done, but also being a part of the, of the cleanup and, and, uh, modeling that for children. Very, very hopeful. But, you know, it's an emotional and spiritual crisis as well as all the uh, physical damage that has been done and, and being mindful of outside agitators, uh, uh, you know, these are our homes and, and it's, it's not about burning down our own house. Um, you know, it's, it's about rebuilding and, and building, uh, our neighborhoods and, and it's, you know, the economy wasn't um equitable for all and contrast it now with with so many young people unemployed and it becomes a powder keg and and uh uh you know the uh unemployment and the underemployment um not that anyone could have predicted uh the scope and scale of these demonstrations but um you know social protest is a hopeful sign um it's it's you know people who are serving one another by silently standing up and saying what happened is not okay and and we stand for justice and mercy and uh uh but then there's also a time a time to heal and and a time To be that hope, and to model that uh, uh, hope—that this is the kind of tomorrow we want to build for ourselves and our loved ones—and and and that's not to be forgotten or diminished.
0: And it's so interesting, but also really, perhaps this one of those kind of miracles or mysteries that exist in our uniform universe that your book finding comfort during hard times a guide to healing after disease violence and other community trauma thinking this comes out at this time when you know it's like it arrives when we need it
1: well thank you i i hope so but there uh You know, uh, I don't know if there's something about being too topical, but uh, um, it's a series of of lifelong reflections. And, you know, before I uh, worked in disaster, I worked in hospital chaplaincy and with hospice patients. And when you've been around so much death and dying, uh, it really gives you a, a greater sense of appreciation of life and and all the glory and and uh wonder that that uh uh comes with being healthy um and and uh you know just through working with those whose days are numbered and and uh you know the whole work with hospice and things does transfer over into disaster because you're both companioning people that are undergoing a crisis and it is a time of national crisis but we all filter this as individuals and and you know just we may have health issues at the same time of COVID 19 other health issues uh you know, and then, with the riots uh, and the tear gas and everything, it may add it just adds so much in terms of complexity, but uh, um you know we are privileged, and we have been given much, and there is the expectation to serve and to love one another
0: and to share to have compassion, yes, some of those. Yes.
1: And uh, people were saying during COVID-19 that we were undergoing compassion fatigue because you had all these medical professionals, doctors, nurses that were uh, profoundly traumatized by the fact that most of their patients at the beginning were dying. And that's something that happened back in the AIDS epidemic and with SARS and with Ebola. And just that tremendous trauma um, of not really being able to save lives and seeing death as a failure. So, it let me go ahead and have you start, and I'll take a sip of water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, all this talking can be kind of draining on us, and that is um, that is a good comparison. the The way that people felt the medical professionals, well, the population in general, around in the time of AIDS and HIV to COVID, uh, there are strong similarities that way, aren't there, in how people kind of looked at someone as though, oh, you know, it's almost like you're the leper. I I can't be near you because you might make me sick.
1: Well, that's that's correct. And I have a nephew that just graduated from medical school and he starts his residency in three weeks and you know there's so much about anticipation and you know uh, what can I do to protect him or how can I help him or how can I insulate him and saying well you know I have to rely upon his professional skills and training and I also have to remind myself of his character and his his honesty and, and his curiosity and that uh, he'll be working as a member of a team. He won't have to do this all by himself, and, and that's what I want to encourage, you know, uh, your listeners of saying, like, you know, we really aren't alone. We're a part of a healing team and that there are experts that have been trained to work with COVID-19 they're learning so much every day. And that um, the same thing with with the uh, 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 racial uh, inequalities, that that, um, we have to talk with one another. We have to reason together. And yes, we have to pray together uh, for insight and for guidance, but also to be instruments of hope, Um, and and instruments in love.
0: And that's where we need to, uh, perhaps we have to have that eruption of, uh, you know, that strong passion and anger has to come out for some of us so that we can get to that place of then letting out that big sigh and, and getting to a place of prayer and being able to have communication.
1: Yes, and and there are those who will be saying, well, you know, it's really hard to pray when the house is burning, uh, but that's the time you have to work even harder, you know, first things first, try to put out the fire, but at the same time, you know, each of us seek wisdom, each of us seek to do the right thing or, or be the right person or, or find um, um Guidance, uh, uh, where we can, um, uh, support and protect our families and our livelihoods, but also be a part of a larger community because that's, that's part of, uh, of, of, of this, an essential faith dynamic. Uh, we are, uh, members of a beloved community. And, uh, you know, yes, as you said, there is anger, there is righteous anger. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, there are just so many layers of complexity that maybe the best advice is to, you know, first thing first, look around, assess what the greatest need is, but look into yourselves. What is it that I need? Um, and and then what is it that my family or loved ones need uh it's like put on your oxygen mask first uh because un- until we have our own house in order um, or attempting to get there it's awfully difficult for us to help someone else and and i think that there's so many young people who are seeking uh seeking uh, to experience to know uh, just exactly what is going on outside they've been cooped up for three months in quarantine and and uh, I see it as a, a search for justice and and information but but first-hand information and uh, uh, it's it's i i look at it as as a positive uh just as long as it's not destructive and uh, uh, there's so much to celebrate um uh, at this time of, of 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 great grief and mourning uh but just the fact that that so many people said this is not acceptable and uh you know there's a time to mourn and and a time to celebrate
0: And you say in your book, you share with us, Earl, that people who have had the basic training, the disaster training, um, they have less of the compassion fatigue and burnout than those who have not had it. And so it's not that we're all going to be taking the courses, but my feeling is we can learn so much uh, from from reading this and getting an understanding of the experiences that you do share over the decades and, you know, looking back in history of how these disasters have occurred so we can learn from this and get that kind of training ourselves, can not me?
1: Well thank you. Um, you know, it's hard for me to believe that September 11th happened 19 years ago and that there's an entire generation of people that have been born after that uh, are in our armed services or in our colleges and it just you know just the connection um, between disaster and our lessons from uh, the past and and how that can uh, serve us in good stead for the future but we did have something like three thousand people show up uh, to be spiritual care providers uh, for the September eleventh um, uh, disaster uh, deployment, and we only allowed eight hundred of them to actually serve because there were so many people that were big hearted and and well intentioned, but they did not have the training uh, the disaster training or even a simple orientation. Uh, that we found in a survey of those that were deployed, it did make a, a difference in uh, uh, the, the compassion fatigue and even burnout uh, because, uh, uh, you know, that's my worry. That's my fear for the future is that uh, with so much trauma, we may... Um, burn out uh, an entire generation of care providers uh, uh, if they don't have the emotional and spiritual support, just because there's going to be, you know, the other shoe dropping is going to be the profound need for mental health and, and spiritual care as a, as a result of, of going through uh, each of these crises that uh, have piggybacked upon each other.
0: And earlier on, when we were speaking, you had mentioned how, as all of this really intense experience is going on for us, all of a sudden, nature is weighing in, and it's now the beginning of hurricane season. Uh, Perhaps, rather than thinking, oh, no, now the other shoe is going to fall, it's, as you say, to be more spiritually and mentally, uh, psychologically prepared, and 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 do that in conjunction with each other.
1: Yes, yes, and 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 that's be informed, um, you know, but moderate your exposure, turn off the television, um, because simply, you know, repeated viewing of this uh, of these. Piggyback disasters, the body count, the whole thing—it—it it, just moderate your exposure, um, and and uh, you know, be prepared—the old Boy Scout motto. But you know, it's it's just when you you think you've got all your ducks in a row, then someone adds another duck. Um, you know, like a hurricane or a tornado. So um, get the training. You know. Make a plan for a disaster. What would happen? You know if simply the family was separated? Make a plan, build a disaster kit. Uh, what would it take if if I didn't have electricity for seventy two hours or ninety six hours? What would I need? What would my dogs need or my cat? and just you know be prepared uh, for disasters. But don't uh, become paralyzed by fear of impending doom. That's not what this is all about Uh, because, you know, knowledge lessens anxiety. Uh, The more we know about something or having a plan, uh, we're going to meet at grandma's house if, if we can't reach our home. You know, it it sounds apocalyptic, but it really isn't because it does reassure. And and that is such a fundamental need because therein gives us hope as well.
0: Really, you're giving us so much to work with and to really be able to move forward forward a little more confidently. But we need those tools, as you've outlined. And I think one of the tools is your book, because I feel here, you know, sharing the stories and reiterating in more detail what you just said about, you know, having a disaster plan, we can find all of that in finding comfort during hard times. And your website, then, I think, is a place where we can purchase the book and and get more insights. So can we share that with our listeners?
1: Uh, That's correct. It's earljohnson.io, like E-I-E-I-O, but it's earljohnson.io, and uh, that's my website, and thank you for uh, alerting your listeners to that.
0: Because through there, you can also order the book from a a number of different options, so that makes it readily accessible, which makes it feel as though you're accessible to us, Earl. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much. And it just, you know, as I said, I've been incredibly privileged and incredibly blessed. And and I I humbly, you know, seek to pass along some of the lessons learned, and also recognize that uh, I wouldn't be here without my mentors and without my family and loved ones that supported me through critical times. And uh, uh, it just hopefully that there will be something in there that the, the readers can uh, latch on to uh, that will be beneficial.
0: Well, I have every uh, belief that that is the case. And I am just so deeply grateful to you for having written this, sharing your stories with us, and taking time with us this morning as well, Earl Johnson.
1: My pleasure.